1: Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism, one letter at a time. Okay, so the presenting sponsor of A's for Alcoholic, as always, is the Green Camel Press. Green Camel Press is a design firm with an old-school aesthetic in a digital age. And yeah. what we do is a lot of hand-drawn artwork, hand-drawn designs. Our, our main medium, I would say, is is, is Sharpie and, and paper. And uh that's drawing. drawings. Drawings, lots the, of drawings. And,
0: and the hands.
1: And the hands, yes. The time-lapse <laughs> the drawings.
0: They're an important part of it. So,
1: so we do a lot of these time-lapse drawings we call digital doodles and chop them up and put them in... Uh, and make fun little movies with them. And I made one and I was messing around with these, uh, with some different effects in the uh, video editing yeah. and somebody commented and said, your hands like that. And not that there's anything wrong with, with my partner's hands, but like they just were really bright orange. And so they looked uh-huh. kind of weird and somebody right. had commented like your hands don't look too good, man. Like you should be careful with that. And, I was like, oh, that was my fault. I won't make the hands look too orange. But you
0: just use the carrot filter? The, I, I'm a big fan of carrots <laughs> she, filter.
1: Something like that.
0: I, I've been stirring Kool-Aid with my hands filter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> stirring Kool-Aid. Like,
1: like all the way down to the elbow remember, in the big you picture. You remember that
0: movie? That movie House Party? Yes,
1: I and do. The little kid stirring it with
0: his hand. He goes, what do you want, grape or red? And he's like,
1: red. He's just stirring Don't it with bump his the fucking table. arm. Uh-huh. Oh, jeez, dude. So we do a lot of that stuff. We um, we make T-shirts, which you have you 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 own one. You're a yeah, proud owner of a it's T-shirt. One of my
0: favorite shirts. I got uh, pasta sauce on it though, so I've been trying to work that stain out because I love it. But I, I apparently Uh-oh. love pasta way too much while I'm wearing that shirt. I gotta take my shirts off when I eat.
1: I was gonna say just shirtless at the dinner table is probably the best bet, right?
0: I just sit on the floor in the living room. Just... <laughs>
1: <laughs> so go check us out at um, greencamelpress.com. Um, go get yourself a digital doodle, go get yourself a t-shirt, uh, come check us out on Instagram and Facebook. There's all kinds of cool stuff. Um, we are also brought to you by our sibling podcast, which is me and our friend Walter, uh, called gluten is not your problem. Um, it is a podcast about the service industry, food culture, time travel, uh, we discussed flat earthers the other day. Oh, I, um,
0: haven't got, I haven't listened to that one yet.
1: No, I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think I've put it up yet. I think that's coming out next oh, okay. week or something. And um, what what else did we discuss? I think we discussed Bigfoot, and some other weird things. Uh, we talked about one episode coming up about whether a hot dog is a sandwich or not.
0: Man, we never talk about shit on this like that on this <laughs> podcast, dude.
1: <laughs> well, is a hot. What do you think is a hot dog a sandwich? Nah, it's a hot dog. Yeah, see,
0: I mean, he. I mean, I guess yeah. I guess Walter really gets into the meat of it. He, no pun
1: So if you listen to the one that's coming out this next Sunday, I was joking with him, and that was the that was the whole theme was you know is a hot dog a sandwich, and then I said so is cereal soup, and he's like no it's not man, but I'll tell you how you can make cereal into a soup, <laughs> and he deconstructed the whole thing, and he's like then and only then can you call it soup. And he wow. went all he went all out about the preparation. So check out gluten is not your problem, soups and sandwiches next does Sunday. Does
0: he think a hot dog is a sandwich? He does. Yes, he said I, yes. You know what? I because I think I got drunk and got almost got into a fight with him about it. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure this is bringing back some old blackout so we'll, memories. Right? Uh huh. I stuck my finger in his face and yelled at him anyway.
1: Well, this was something that was, so we just discussed like, you know, Subway doesn't cut the bread all the way through when they make you a sandwich, but you call that a Subway sandwich. And we had some other discussions uh, around that. Uh, go check out gluten is not your problem. Um, new episodes out every Sunday and you are listening to the A's for alcoholic podcast where we try to discuss our particular brand of recovery. Um,
0: but is a quesadilla like a Mexican sandwich?
1: We discussed this too. Well, a quesadilla... I mean, technically, if, if it's flour... I mean, how do you make a tortilla? If it's flour right. and water... I mean, it. so you could call it a Mexican sandwich yes
0: yeah I guess so although a Mexican sandwich is a torta, is a
1: torta. yeah so yeah. they already have something they call a sandwich so is a quesadilla sort of outside of the realm of sandwiches and it's own... man this
0: is pretty fucking deep man <laughs> I, I need to get in on this podcast and then maybe I'll try to start another fight with them will we, we bring some I, fire to it dude some mid-season drama
1: we would love to have you on yeah, I think uh, right. we will do we'll do a Skype yeah. little three-way little like a triple decker sandwich we'll talk about yeah. it
0: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Um, But back
1: to the alcoholism. Back to the the exciting world of alcoholism. (laughs) Um, We wanted to take (laughs) today and talk about perspective. And gaining perspective, having perspective, changing your perspective. And we had had a little conversation before we hit the record button. And you had asked a question. And you said... um,
0: refresh my memory because i was all caught up on the fucking case of the uh,
1: train. you a said lot. you asked is it not the nature of an alcoholic just to drink because you would watch that movie
0: correct correct yeah uh, i watched a great movie called don't worry he won't get far on foot about mm-hmm. the life of well about john callahan and the accident he was a cartoonist yeah or a com- comic comic sh- comic strip no it was a cartoonist a comic one panel comic strip guy mm-hmm. who had his work in the New Yorker and penthouse and hustler and the Willamette Week. He was from Portland, Oregon.
1: Yeah, I read the um, book. And
0: It was really interesting. It was about his yeah yeah. And I remember when we were drinking, he was like one of your favorite comic strip. I remember you were like you were like really liked him a lot. You had a lot of fondness for his stuff. It's off color and very. You know the comics are really off color and really like. About a guy. Incorrect.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, well, because he he um and we we'll, we're going to do another one of these for our patreon uh, do a review of the movie but he he got into a car accident and was paralyzed basically from like the chest down so he right. had a little bit of movement in his hand so he continued to keep drawing but he still drank for like 2 years
0: in a wheelchair
1: in a wheelchair Damn, so when you talk about so, the power right. of <laughs> alcohol
0: so and also we were having kind of a roundabout conversation about uh you know peop people trying to uh go back out and go back out and drink again but try to control it and i was having a conversation with someone about this outside of the podcast and i was you know and i was like well if anyone ever figures it out they should call me (laughs) Mm -hmm. give me the heads up because if they figure out the secret i'd like to know it and this other person who was also a fellow alcoholic was kind of shocked and then my thought process says, well, A, I was joking, and B, there is an element of seriousness in it, because is it not the true nature of an alcoholic to drink? To
1: find you know, a so?
0: way. Right, and this is a question I'm asking myself. This isn't a statement, you know, that I'm throwing out to a bunch of people who are brand new and trying to not drink, you know?
1: mm
0: mm-hmm. um, it was. It's like one of those big questions. So I guess we can kind of pigeon pigeon roll. I don't know if that's a word. But kind <laughs> pigeon of roll, roll that in, Pigeon roll that is. Is that a kind of sandwich? For, for perspective, I think it is. Walter would not eat one.
1: No, but, uh, a pea. So so yeah. I I I don't. When I think about your your question, you say, well, is it the nature of an alcoholic? And and would you know if you you if you if you figure out controlled drinking, then tell me. I was right. thinking about it, and I was thinking, what does controlled drinking look like? Or what is right. "quote unquote" normal drinking look like? And that Word. would be working all day, maybe going out to dinner, having a glass of wine because it's only Tuesday, and you know I have to get up in the morning midweek, right? And, and maybe not finishing my glass of wine and leaving it on the table and going to bed and or going home and watching the late show and and hanging out with the lady and or whatever you know playing some, off to sleep, yeah. yeah, and and then waking up and and not thinking about it,
0: not being obsessed with <clears throat> it. Yeah.
1: So and I think that that because I would be obsessing about how exactly I could get what I needed, you know, how I could feed the addiction, feed the obsession and be like, well, so if it was just a glass of wine and if that's all I wanted, then but well, why would I want it at all? Especially it would almost be right. like I would have to, I would have to erase my entire memory of the past because my right. brain is still working under the assumption that you can't have one because then you will destroy your life with a thousand. So, right. -hmm. So if I just want to have one or two or three, and then like, but three, because three is this was even a tipping point, you know, in early my early drinking career, because once you have three, you're like, well, fuck it, I guess four, five, and six don't seem like a big deal.
0: I've already paid for dinner, you know what I mean? (laughs)
1: Like,
0: I don't know how that analogy works, but Mm -hmm. you know, I like I'm in for a penny, in for a pound. I Mm -hmm. remember saying that shit out loud a Mm -hmm. bunch of times. Well, I'm in for a penny right so there i don't think so that's the thing that's the joke i would i always make when i hear people say oh well i'm gonna try it out or i'm like hey give me a heads up if it works you know because there's also i think an element of sarcasm in there because i know it's not gonna fucking work Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you know what i'm saying like when i hear and i've had people say that to me who were in their own version of recovery or in recovery and uh yeah i've always I, I don't want to flat out tell someone like this is your life these are your choices you have to make it's just like i can't diagnose you with being an alcoholic you know mm-hmm. i know what i have but i don't know what you have so but it's also like i know but i kind of know if you and i are similar it's not going to work the way you think it's going to work
1: and if we've we've if you and i say you and i jerry have have described ourselves similarly. We, we relate to the same exact, um, feelings. We relate to the same exact behaviors. We relate, you know, you and I to some of the same exact evenings, (laughs) you know, and probably Mm -hmm. the same exact bottle of liquor. Mm -hmm. So when I, so then I have to, I have to relate to you. And so when I talk to somebody else and relate to them and they relate to me, I have to assume that, that they are going to feel the same way. So when somebody says, Hey, I'm thinking like, maybe it's, it's okay now. I go, well, I mean, that is you. And perhaps you have reached a point and maybe you were never, you were not nearly as bad as I was. Maybe you weren't, maybe, Maybe, you know, they talk about in some of the literature that we, um, we've read in the 12 step program about how there's different levels and different types of drinkers. And they go through the whole list, And there are, you know, heavy drinkers and there are problem drinkers and there are weekend bingers and any number of ways that you can, you know, fuck up your life with alcohol. And some people are able to just cut back and be fine with it and they walk away from it. Yes. So, so I think it's just a matter of relating and how you, how you describe yourself and what. What perspective you have on the whole thing? Like,
0: right, P, there it is. <coughs> right, because we got to clue you folks in our letter today's P, mm-hmm. and it's for perspective. Yes. And maybe projection and maybe mm-hmm. perception. I don't know. We'll sure. throw a couple Ps out there. We'll just be peeing all over the place.
1: Here. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 what do you, is it my nature to drink as an alcoholic? Now, was it my nature? Because before I took my first drink at, you know, whatever age, 16. Um, I didn't think about it the same way, but I thought about other things the same way. I thought about right. candy. I thought about sodas. I thought about these things that would change my brain chemistry, you know, almost instantly. Right. So there, I, I sincerely believe that for me, there is some sort of chemical or biological, um, I don't know. I I don't know the science.
0: Like imperative or something. Mm-hmm. Or like a, it's almost like your prime directive. Like if you Star Trek of drunks, that mm-hmm. would be your prime directive would be. To
1: go where no man has gone before and to you... feel
0: try to make yourself feel better in the worst way possible.
1: Yeah, that's a great yeah. way to try to make yourself feel better in the worst way possible. And yeah. and so that was that was it. And so that was, you know, before I took my first drink, that was that was exactly it. How yeah. do I make myself feel better? How do I change this? How do I how do i um, you know change how i feel and for me and i think there's a lot of different factors so it's definitely was some sort of allergy for me there was some sort of biological yeah. thing there was definitely this the you know the childhood trauma of feeling both somehow oppressed and abused and 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 abandoned and neglected at the same time <laughs> right and and so you mix all this stuff up and bam of course somebody's going to be just clawing at the walls to try and get out of the situation that they're in mentally, emotionally, right. and, you know, physically as well. But, um, when I, so the perspective is I drink, I feel better. This works. This, this continues to work. Right. So years and years and you go, yeah, well, now, now I get a little bit of a hangover. Uh-oh, I'm 22. I can't drink like I used to at 18, Oh you yeah, know? I'm twenty
0: two now. I'm an old timer. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And then uh. twenty five and then twenty-eight and then you're thirty two and it's it becomes the the hangovers get exponentially worse. The the financial holes are exponentially worse. I mean, I don't know at I don't know at what age did you start to feel like alcohol was really affecting you? Because I know that we managed for so long but, you know, probably like... my
0: well, I had a good run. I, not a, <laughs> I, I. don't mean it like that, but yeah. I started drinking alcohol. I don't even want to say I started drinking alcoholically at 23 because I was drinking alcoholically before that. I just didn't have the money to get it because I didn't have a right. regular job, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it was probably. I think when it started taking a toll was like in my 30s. You know? Yeah, my late 20s was still party time. I was living with this girl and. We were awful for each other and she's a good person, you know, and I was a real, I, I took her hostage for a few years and, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and then after we split, I moved into this apartment and I turned 30 in that apartment and I just fucking bottomed out, man. Like, like now I think back on it and I'm making tattoo guy money, which is good in the early mm-hmm. mid 2000s <coughs> and I had no responsibilities. I wasn't married. <laughs> My rent was 500 bucks a month. And I couldn't pay my like one hundred dollar phone bill because I would drink it all. Yeah, and I've started realizing like this is not manageable. But I don't give a fuck because I am gonna get loaded again. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. This is what I do. This is my per- not only is this what I have to do, but this is my persona. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my wife about this last night, and how it surprises me when people tell me, "Dude, you were the drunkest person I ever knew." Like people tell me that still, you were the drunkest person I knew, and it always fucking every time it surprises me because in my my perception of myself was that there were much drunker than me, and they were out there in the world, and I hung around with them. But for some reason, I was the drunkest. Like it just even today, I still clutch my fucking pearls. I'm like,
1: Who, me? <laughs> you know,
0: surprised, you know. And like my story isn't hugely dramatic. I mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be. I know the fire. I have a fire. I have a machine in me that wants to keep making me fucking drink that's all I need I don't need to run anybody over or kill anyone or, or be homeless you know no the only person I was in danger of killing was myself anyway so you know I guess my point is that's when I knew I mean that's when I knew but that's when I ignored it but when I you know my bottom I hit my bottom in 2014 you know I wasn't even 39 yet I was like mm-hmm. 38 so I had a, that 8 year run of just being broke all the time never having oh having money for booze but never having money to buy you know buy yeah. buy art supplies or buy should i want it or you know to, i don't know just even be comfortable in any sense of a word
1: you know? it's funny i i'm just thinking of something because i'm i'm remembering <clears throat> excuse me again um when you first when when your daughter was born, and, or when your when your wife got pregnant, and I was talking to a mutual friend of ours, somebody you were close to and knew from Arizona, many uh-huh. many, many years ago. Oh jeez, and, and, it's and a I,
0: fucking JV probably.
1: No anyway, no no no. We're the not th- saying names. Well, I'm not that. saying the other one, but the other one, the other guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. know, you know, tall and tall and skinny. Tall oh. and lanky, my <laughs> scarecrow buddy. Mm-hmm, I love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh my god. Jerry's going to be a dad. like, And I remember saying fuck, something right? like, well, what the fuck? I mean, because I always thought that I was, I tried to match you as best I could for drinking. And I thought that, you know, we were, you know, if anybody was drunker than you, it was going to be me. But right, <laughs> but I remember sa- I remember saying something to him like, how is he going to afford, where's he going to find money for cigarettes and whiskey? And I was, I think I was kind of half joking. And he kind of looked at me uh-huh. and just went, don't worry, he'll find it. And I was, yeah. and it, it, that kind of, that little did. thing stuck in my head.
0: Yeah. Uh
1: huh. And I was like, huh. Well, I guess he did. You know, regardless, you still find it. For four it.
0: more years. Cause if you think about it, like I drank up until about the time my daughter was four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for four more years, I, and I ran hard at the end. I mean, I was drinking more than I ever drank when mm-hmm. I was alone, you know, than I drank with you guys. You know, yeah. I, I could, whatever. You know, the volume doesn't matter necessarily, but I mean, I could. I could put a dent in a fifth back then, but this, you know, by the end I could just take the whole fifth. I was done.
1: And I mean, I think that the volume s- uh, says <laughs> it's, it I, talks I, about, it, it refers to the hurt, to the pain and word. to the yeah. level of tolerance yeah. that you had. I built guess up I, over I just didn't want
0: to like glorify it. Like, yeah, I drank a fifth of whiskey every night. So listen to me, kid. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, I just know that throwing up for me was for losers. So I would just have alcohol poisoning. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, but yeah, I ran for four years. So that was my, my, my whole thing. That was mm-hmm. the end of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I did the same with vodka, you know, it was that, that oh, I mean, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't did. proud I of, you did. but I was me. just that <laughs> That I would call you. Yes. And it, it wasn't that I, um, yeah, it wasn't about the volume of liquor, but it was just to, to me, it was like, how do I drown out the pain? How do I stop it from hurting? And the only right. way, because even as I was drinking, I would still feel miserable. And there's always that moment or that few moments where things feel good and kind of light. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man, for just for just a minute, I don't care. And that then and then the pain, yeah. <laughs> the pain comes back even worse. And then mm-hmm. now you're inconsolable or I was inconsolable and crying or upset or trying to call somebody who certainly didn't want to talk to me at, you know, one or two or three or five in the morning. Um, and, but that was about the pain that was, that I was suffering and the, and the tolerance that I had built up that I could drink a half a bottle of vodka before I even really felt something. And that was not enough to kind of spook me into thinking about quitting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just, I wanted more.
0: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I don't even think for me personally, it wasn't like this conscious thing like I'm feeling pain. I need to, it was like a subconscious thing. Mm-hmm. Cause I would always be a lie to myself and be in denial and be like, I'm just having a good time. I earned this. Like I, yeah. I worked all day. I've been making money all day. I just want to feel good, which is funny because there's a subconscious thing, right? I just want to feel good one time today. I just want to feel good once today because mm-hmm. I've been in pain all day. See, but like in my mind, it wasn't my perspective P was <laughs> totally fucked. You know, my idea of it wasn't this, conscious, like, I need to kill this pain. It was an unconscious, like, I need to reward myself, and my reward is making me numb numb myself to everything that is damaging and hurting and mm-hmm. all this mental shit that now I get to confront every day.
1: <laughs> and how do you, I mean, how did you feel? How do you feel today? How do you feel about that? I feel
0: good, though. It's this, The sarcasm is there. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard. Sometimes I see myself, especially, you know, I think, I don't think I have... I think I have good moments. I think I have good days. Sometimes I think I have good weeks, but something comes up, you know? It's life. Mm -hmm. This fucking track I'm walking is not smooth. I don't (laughs) think anyone's track is smooth. Like, I don't think... I've realized recently that I just stopped believing that the world was conspiring against me. Just like in the past six months, year. I finally realized that, like, I am not important enough for the world to want to fuck me over. You know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like i felt like everything was against me and it took me a long time to like learn my right size and, and like that i am not the center of my universe i i used to believe that the fucking world had it out for me i was the center of my own universe everything revolved around me you know and it took it took a while to realize that, oh, man, I'm just a background act- actor in someone else's life. Do you know what I mean? I'm like the guy in the background who walks by with the coffee cups and, like, maybe he looks directly into the camera and yeah. they have to <laughs> fucking redo the take.
1: But, <laughs> yeah, cut. <laughs> cut. I, I wish we could read. There's a few takes I wish I could What's redo. What's that guy's
0: name, you know? And I'm just like, uh. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I feel good, though. That's the thing, and that's, that's, I think, important for me to put out there into the world, you know, or whoever listens to this is that, like, I feel better. I may not feel good every day, but I feel better, you know?
1: Than if I I were drinking. Than if I were... Than if
0: I were drinking, yeah. I feel way better than if I were drinking.
1: Struggling for that fleeting moment at the end of a day, or, God forbid, at the first thing in the morning, just to make the hangover or the shakes go away.
0: Right, yeah. And that shit always... I see that in movies and it always hurts my heart. It doesn't trigger me. That's funny. I can watch people drink in movies now. It doesn't trigger me, but I always feel sad. I feel empathy for the character. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that feeling. Like, I did drink in the mornings, you know? Mm -hmm. It's so funny when I talk to non alcoholics about what, what goes on in my brain and they have all these signifiers, these checklists of what all the things that us alcoholics do or what put us where we're at, you know? Hey, man, you still go to those meetings? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, when do you stop? And I'm like, I don't know, dude like never hopefully hopefully I'll still be around them you know to, it's not like I graduate and I get a sash and they send me out into the world like here's your fucking wine cooler good luck you know? I was
1: um listening <laughs> yeah I was somebody was talking <laughs> about somebody was talking about wanting to be in a cult and they were kind of making a joke and they're like I just want to be in a happy cult where I just I learn to be happy they teach me to be happy and then and then I'm happy and then everything's fine and I you know somebody who is you know not having a great day or something and I said, that's the thing, though. You don't get to graduate. You have to work at it every single day. Right. And even do things that I don't want to do, whether, it, and especially exercise. And I'm Ugh. starting to get a little bit better about not listening, at least not listening to the part of me that is lazy and mm-hmm. complains that my foot hurt. And, you know... um,
0: then do some sit ups. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like then do could, some sit yeah. exactly. Your yeah. foot
1: hurts, well then do some fucking sit ups. Yeah. Like that's that's not gonna hurt your foot. So I in the last six months I've really been better at listening to the to the other voice, the one that's a little more inspiring. And it's Yeah. It's hard to to always be inspired and always be hopeful and always be positive and
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah. And,
1: I don't think that you can. And I, one of the other things, cause and I talked a couple of weeks ago with you and I told you how, and I guess this is actually over the last three weeks and I was feeling really depressed or, yeah. you know, I was just feeling really low and I couldn't shake it and I couldn't shake it and I couldn't shake it. And the thing that I thought about the other day, cause I had another one of these bad days where, um, I went to work and it was super dead. Right. So I didn't make any money right, at no the tips. bar. Yeah. No tips. And then I came home and there was a letter from the Oregon Department of Revenue, and just by the way, people, I haven't lived in Oregon, or I haven't, you know, claimed income in Oregon since 2002. And so, and they didn't want much, but they wanted something, so I was like, well, I'm broke, now I'm in the hole. And then I remember that night, and I saw I was just feeling bummed out, and I oh, I didn't sleep good the night before, and I stayed up late. Um, just laying in the dark, thinking about how I couldn't sleep and oh how my god. you know,
0: like you were playing video games or watching. No, or just I wasn't. Laying in I the swear. dark, Thinking about the fucking universe. Oh my god, John. <laughs> so,
1: so and then, so then I was like, oh cool. Well, um, you know, we bought this. Uh, we bought this regular Nintendo, this original eight bit Nintendo, and I bought this game on eBay that I really, I remember liking. And honestly, any of those games, I play for like five minutes, I've got my fill. But so I brought it over. And I slam it in the thing, and I turn it on, and it doesn't work, and I was like, "Well, that's the fucking last straw. It's time to go to bed. Fuck. I had such a terrible, terrible day, and to that point, the thing that I have been learning about the previous depression is like what do I need to get through those moments so mm-hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't always work, but one, remembering that I'm not the center of the universe is very helpful that this right. is not some this is not a conspiracy against me. This is just what happens sometimes. And there's there's somebody who's stuffing an envelope up in Oregon. And there's somebody who's mailing me a video game that's 30 fucking years old. So, of course, right. maybe it's not going to work. Probably and, not going to work, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it was a beautiful Saturday afternoon. So people are out having picnics, you know. So there's there's the life is just happening. And I just right. happen to be a part of this whole big thing. Right. So... There's no grand, um, there's no puppet master who's feeling exceptionally, you know, mean right. toward me. Going like you know. he's
0: pushing on your head
1: specifically.
0: <laughs> yeah. Going, you need to feel so shitty you start drinking again. Come mm-hmm. on, come on, you know, just poking at you. It doesn't work that way.
1: That's not it. So I, I try no, to, no. I try to pull out of it a little bit quicker instead of digging into those bad feelings. And I go, well. Mm-hmm. I go, well, at least it's only a little amount of money I owe the state of Oregon. And there's always tomorrow at work. And, you know, the video game didn't work, but really you were only going to probably enjoy it for about 15 minutes at the most anyway. So maybe you should drink a couple big glasses of water and watch something you like on netflix and go to sleep and and yeah. just try to forget about it and start fresh and so these little things that i try to remind myself so that i don't allow myself to get like dug in because it's so easy to go i'm just fucking miserable and i'm depressed and everything sucks and so yeah i'm gonna be miserable and depressed and everything's gonna suck fuck yeah and so and i'm gonna love it i'm gonna
0: love feeling like this because we all wallow in our misery i mean not we all Mm -hmm. i wallow in my misery i can't tell you what you do
1: but so that's my that's my next step is like (laughs) okay catch myself before it happens for too long so even if it's Mm -hmm. just a bad day it doesn't have to be a bad two days
0: well yeah and there's i think that there's a um I can't think of the word right now. I think there's a bit of mental masturbation in wallowing on it too long. Like mm-hmm. feeling bad about it for too long when things don't go right. I can't speak well, I can't guess I can't uh, I can't speak on people with clinical depression. I have a touch of it myself, you know, I probably need some meds, but but I can't speak for this type of situational depression, you know. Right. Like and I try the same thing and I get I get fucked up from it too. And I have to keep telling myself, so I'm going to sit here and feel sorry for myself. Am I going to go in the bathroom and just sit on the counter and just cry and watch myself and look at myself and see how beautiful I am while I... Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. admire my own sadness because that's what old Jerry would have done, you know? That's what drinking Jerry would have done. Oh, God. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Romanticize it.
0: It's even hard for me now to be like negative. Like the whole joke about me at work and me and my life is that I was this like uh what's like a curmudgeonly like 38 year old you know i was like this curmudgeon grouchy guy and like i don't feel like that guy anymore i had someone at work tell me the other day that i didn't like to have fun and i was like that's not right i fucking love having fun i just don't have the same fun you have (laughs) like uh, it's different we have different perceptions once again with the p right Uh, we Mm -hmm. have different perceptions of what fun is or perspective or whatever and but it just like, it like stuck with me because I was like, I do like having fun and it's hard for me to pretend like I don't like anything anymore because I don't like certain things. And if you ask me my opinion, I'll gladly share them with you, but I don't dislike them because I think they're wrong. I just don't, I don't prefer them. Mm-hmm. It's just not my thing. And I, I don't know, man, it's, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, I'm the saddest guy you've ever met, which I used to love doing, you know, mm-hmm. like a uh, little rain cloud at the party, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think, too, when I'm just trying to think back to the the times in my life in in recovery where the perspectives shifted. And, of course, it was that first night, you know, that moment of clarity that a lot of alcoholics have where this shit has got to stop. Um, And then... I think somewhere around, you know, two months in, I still felt very fragile and raw, like a, like, oh, yeah. like a pulled yeah. tooth or, you know, somebody like a splinter.
0: You're, you're, you're in recovery. That's why I love the word. Cause mm-hmm. you're in recovery. You broke your soul. <laughs> you know what I mean? They put a cast, like now you're trying to heal up your soul. It's like walking around with two broken legs and arms. That's how I felt. That's so mm-hmm. funny. You say you felt raw because it's exactly how I felt. The same man. way, like a, like a pulled tooth or a splinter or yeah.
1: When, and it I don't think it was until like 18 months in where I really started. Well, no. And then we we joked about the pink cloud period where I was really excited and I was texting I you like every, every text would be like, O-D-A-T. O-D-A-T, dog. Hey man. <laughs>
0: which I love. I yeah, loved it. No, I just was so joke, out of character for you. But it made me yes. laugh because I was like, who is this fucking guy? <laughs> But I loved it because I could see, okay, I'm like, oh, he's on that pink cloud. I, uh, mine didn't last very long. Yeah. Mine was like a month or two. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, I mean, I fueled my recovery with cigarettes and rock star energy drinks. That's You know right. what I mean? And like that weird pink cloud. Um, it was just ni- caffeine poisoning.
1: <laughs> that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And it, But that and somewhere around the 18th month, I guess, so a year and a half, almost two. I'm going on four years now, so it was probably closer mm-hmm. to two years. Did I finally start not just giving into it and that's maybe that's not the right phrase but um really accepting it and really embracing it and really trying to to do better with not just with my recovery but with my life and that took two years so I mean I say that only because I went through periods where I was very resentful of my recovery if that's if you can understand that you know that idea, no, of I like... can
0: understand that. I was super <laughs> resentful of my own. I was resentful of everybody and my recovery.
1: Right, people who were mm-hmm. who were doing it better, people who were yeah. feeling better. Yeah. Um, like why the isn't cool this working? Ones. Is good for me. Right. And um, and I even like quit, like going to meetings for I don't know five or six months because I was just like, you know what, man, I'm just not doing it anymore, and I don't want to, so I'm not going to, and nobody can make me. And you know what? Nobody made me. And the only person that made miserable was me (laughs) so i i just say these things because i know that if you're if you're listening and you're in your first week or your first 30 days or your first 90 days or even your first year and a half and you're feeling shitty just it's it's really okay, and that's it. It sounds cliched, but it's all part of the process. You know, it's normal.
0: <laughs> You're gonna be all right. It's mm-hmm. totally fucking normal. We've both been there, and you don't even know us,
1: <laughs> and we've been there. That's good. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, and, and we've um,
0: totally been there. I've yeah,
1: and I too. I I turned to a lot of things when I didn't have alcohol, like food. Um. Yeah, and you know, I am now today in a position where I go out on a three mile jog and I come back and my foot hurts or, or, uh, but I'm like, it's so nice outside. Maybe I should go out for some more. Cause I just want to be out there. And, and that person nine months ago would have been laying in bed, eating ice cream and salami out of the bag like some sort of fucking ghoul, you know, in the yeah. night. Oh,
0: yeah. Some Sopranos ghoul? Like you're the ghoul of <laughs> yeah. Tony Soprano? Just exactly. A, gabagool. a Yes, You're a ghoul. Oh, fuck. You got it before me. <laughs> Wait, so do you jog the entire three miles?
1: No. So let's be, because, let's be clear. Let's be like, clear.
0: I walk three miles, and I jog maybe a sixteenth of that mile.
1: I so jog like, probably, I want to say a third let's to let's be let's be as honest okay. as we can yeah, yeah because i, try I to,
0: don't jog a third of any of it i don't jog any of i do i barely jog it
1: <laughs> so this <laughs> i don't want this to necessarily turn into the uh, recovery the lazy man's alcoholic yeah. recovery oh i thought you were gonna say corner. the
0: recovery jog cast, the yeah, jog- a jog cast? <laughs> except i don't jog and he only jogs um, a third of it
1: and i will say this and i'm i'm uh, it's it's something I've been reading a lot of um, and listening to a lot of uh, Mishka Shabali uh, You sent lately. me that
0: book, but I, I, anyway, we'll talk about it after the podcast. I want to listen to it.
1: You should. If you can, you should download the app and check out That's, his stuff. Yeah. Um, there's It's called The Long Run, and that was the one that um, I was super inspired in when I was running and my foot hurt. and I, he, he said some shit. He wrote some shit in that book and that story that really I started to cry while I was out there. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. so I was just started running more and, and my foot hurt. And I was just like, in my mind, I, I said, I want to run more than I want my, my heel to hurt, you know? Yeah. And I said, I want to, I want to write more than I want a 10 bar. And I kept saying that like over and over and over. And I was crying and I had these stupid Vouv Clicquot orange glasses that I got at some New Year's Eve party that I wore. Wait, they're, what? they're, v- what's Veuve? It's, it's champagne, but it's they're oh, like, so you- they're stupid Recovered orange glasses, so, champagne glasses,
0: just crying on the track.
1: <sighs> so I it was this it. big moment for me, uh-huh. you know, and I wrote it, I came home and I wrote it all down and, and, um, but the point is, is that, uh, you know, so I jog intermittently and it's really helped in kind of getting me to feel better about things like, cause I ah. go, okay, so my body can feel better than it does right now, and so I think yeah, about that yeah. when I go. When I think back to when I was drinking, and my body felt awful, and my brain felt awful, and everything felt awful. And i i haven't in, I haven't encountered any joggers high or runners high or anything like that yet.
0: Nah, me but,
1: neither. But um, but it's just so awesome to be able to. All I got to do is step outside, and I can start going. And that's the other cool thing about it. I don't have to worry about do I have my gym bag and you know, what's the traffic like and this, that, and the other. And if the weather's nice enough, you just, you just go step outside and my shoes are old and I probably need some new ones. But, um, I don't know. I, I think finding something like that. Um, I know, I know a lot of people in recovery, like flip over and they just like go exercise nonstop. I was not one of those people i'm still nah. not <laughs>
0: i love exercising now though i hate it and love it mm-hmm. this is uh Jays for jogaholic
1: <laughs> Jug- but uh
0: i love it and i wa- i love walking mm-hmm. but i love lifting weights but i guess the point is like we got there we got here mm-hmm. who would have thought we'd ever be here i never thought i would be here i don't my body doesn't look the same like i look at myself and it's not even about like oh i'm working out and you should work out too it's just I guess I think where we're com- where I'm coming from is using it as an example of where I can get now and what I can achieve now, you know. If anything, at least I can look back and go I fucking did that if anything, you know. And mm-hmm. yeah, I raised a kid, she's all right, you know. We're cool. We have a couple yeah. laps, but I fucking jogged a 13th of a mile today. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's just uh, I don't know, man. It's just what you can achieve just you talking about it is impressive to me. It surprises me because I know you personally. I know you. Well, we've slept in the same bed. Yes.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm
0: saying? Like,
1: and not so, in any, not, not, if this was not a, uh, this was not a king size bed at the, uh, a small at the luxury. Bed. This was like, these were tiny flop house mattresses. Yeah. Sweaty They're, and smelling it's of... like
0: drunk people. Mattress. Yeah. yeah it, 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 it's no tempur No, no. At the Rivoli, at the hotel Rivoli mm-hmm. or the Rivoli. No. Nah.
1: no, but, no. uh,
0: i just i think i i i don't i don't the cliche is silly but it does it gets better it really yeah. it really will and even if you've got chronic things and things are fucking you over and your body is fighting you like mentally it can get it can it can get better I mean I don't have necessarily anything chronic other than the fact that like i fucking used to drink a lot like way too much I was gonna say I used to smoke the chronic, but I never did that no. shit. but your, you know uh, i mean how's your body? My body feels good. My back, I fucked my back up yesterday because I went on a three-mile walk and apparently did something. Oh, and then I went and cleaned out the entire garage, and uh, that fucked my back up. So I bought some lidocaine patches Mm -hmm. because I'm high on that lidocaine right now, dog. Got that good lidocaine. But uh, I don't know, man. I ate some Mexican food yesterday. It tore my gut up a little bit. I've been a machine in that area, but Mm -hmm. uh, other than that, my body's great. I'm fine. I feel... I have no complaints for 43. I don't have major complaints, So I'm doing okay. I think.
1: And I would right. say too. Yeah. I mean, you, you look, you look vastly different than you did yeah. a year ago, even in the yeah. sober times. And it's not just exercise and the weight loss. When you look at somebody in the face, you can tell when they seem healthy. Yeah. You know, and you can tell when I look at the pictures, cause I, I have a pretty large head and I have a pretty round face and, and so my eyes are often kind of squinty, but there's pictures of me from 2015 uh-huh. and I'm just so bloated and I swear I'm going to, I'm going to post those pictures up again of you and I from like before and after, and you I just know, look right? at it and it just blows my mind that I just, I feel, I look healthier. You know, my skin looks better.
0: I'm surprised we didn't take any pictures of us back in 2012. Mm-mm. You know, when we when I had that lost weekend with you in 2012. I think
1: I've got a, I might have a couple of them. I you know what? I do have a couple. Of, was that the one where you tattooed the bottom of my foot? Yeah. <laughs> God, in the living room <laughs> drunk. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <sighs> So there's a lot of you find yourself in some strange places and you know, I I always I was always concerned that maybe my we talk about our rock bottoms not being bottom enough to Yeah. And I, I I've kind of gotten over that sort of survivor's guilt of not being in jail or not being yes. having multiple DUIs
0: or put in an institution or any of the other, mm-hmm. you know, that you hear out there.
1: Yeah. So I don't think that that's really something that I need to experience. And I'm really grateful wow. that I've learned from other people who have I'm glad experienced those. It,
0: I'm so grateful they did it for me. <laughs> so they could tell me, do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm sorry you had to go through that and I'm empathetic and my heart hurts for you, but like, I'm glad you did it for me. Thank you for, um, thank you for doing it for me. Own, own your bottom out there, people. It's whatever all right. it is. It doesn't, it's not, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter.
1: You don't have to crash hard to be able to no. clean it up. And
0: you know, the same obsession we know, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. I hate making those absolute statements, but I imagine if you're here, you, 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 probably know the same obsession we know. Even
1: if it is, even if you're, um, you know, even if your story is different or less or, or maybe yeah. you, yeah. I mean, it just comes in so many different ways. Maybe you're not a binge drinker, but maybe you drink every single day. Maybe you right. have three or four drinks every single day. That's eventually going to take its toll just right. in the same way that getting sloshed, to, you know, blacking out four days a week.
0: Right. Drinking thirty beers every night, you know, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can't get into the science of what defines i, I of what defines an alcoholic, right? It's i that's even a weird statement for me to make because I mm-hmm. know implicitly inside of me what makes me an alcoholic. And what is I that? Yeah, the uh, fucking endless obsession and the physical fucking reaction to it. You know, yeah. it was an obsession. It was like a Ouroboro snaking its own tail, man. It was like I felt shitty, so I drank, and I drank because I felt shitty, and I felt shitty because I drank. And then when I stopped drinking, instead of being like, okay, I'm done drinking now, I fucking thought about drinking every waking hour, yeah, for a long time. You know, and that that's not that's not fucking oh Jerry, just he's just a binge drinker. That's all. Like I'm like, nah, dude. It's I felt terminal. You know, like. I thought about it constantly. It just was. It was It just lived in my brain. It do I have
1: enough? When can I do it? When can I have it? And
0: then when I stopped, <clears throat> my brain just kept going, you're not drinking right now. You're not drinking right now. It was like a mantra. It was like a song stuck in mm-hmm. my head, but it was just a phrase going, you're not <laughs> drinking right now. Hey, hey, it's been 10 minutes since you've had a drink. You know what I mean? It's been two days. It's been 48 hours. It's been 72 hours. It was like a little beat of a clock in my head constantly. Just keep going. It's been five days since you had a drink, Jerry. Are you ready to drink? And I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Like I just muttered to myself in the house, you know. And my wife would be like, whoa, dude, you're a mess. Yeah. Yeah, so it took me about a month to get into a room. And then I went into the room. And I heard someone else say what I – and I'm not trying to give you an advertisement for the room here. I'm just saying I went into those rooms – I got around people like me and went to 12 step program and heard someone say exactly what I just said. And like, oh, I fucking started crying. Cause I was like, Whoa, someone else knows that shit. I'm mm-hmm. not the only one just walking around drinking club soda with fucking sugar in it. Cause that's all I wouldn't. I just drink club sodas with sugar in it. Cause I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Now here I am <clears throat> farting and jogging. Yes. Jerry Wagner story, <laughs> 2019. I
1: think, um, Yeah, man, it's, it's finding, hearing, hearing other people's perspectives, because then you start to, you start to formulate your own, not your own opinion, but you, things you never thought about or things that you weren't able to identify things that, you know, feelings that you had or experiences that you were having or behaviors that you were exhibiting that had never been identified to you or you had no words for them and I that was always for them exactly. right and then somebody says something and you're like oh my god i never thought about it that ah. way and yeah. we put together this sort of uh list or toolkit or um triage center for ourselves so that when these things happen we can repair it before it becomes a disaster yeah you know yeah and you know what
0: it was like? I'm sorry, don't mean yeah. to interrupt you. It's You know what it was like in the beginning, hearing all that stuff? It was like, you're watching a movie, and they, the song starts playing in the movie, and you're like, I know this fucking melody, I know this song, but it's I've never heard it before, but I know this melody. And then after a while, you start realizing that you do know the song, you know the words, you're like singing along, but the melody's all different, but it's the same song, and it's just a cover version of like where's my mind by the pixies which you know by heart mm-hmm. you know what i mean like somebody was singing my song to me with a different melody but i was like i know all the fucking words to your song dude yeah. like what the fuck you know that's how it felt and i I've, don't know sorry that just no i think my that brain. that's I just, that's great i didn't mean to interrupt you there
1: <clears throat> i i just know that too when i find when i meet somebody who on the surface seems vastly different from me because yeah, of whether dude. they're whether it's a a woman who's 25 years older than I am, who has Mm -hmm. a couple of kids and, and, you know, did different things with her life and came from a different place and was either like a different race or whatever those things were. And then they start to speak from the heart about it. And you're like, wow, man, like, it's not that different. It's not that different across the board. And I don't want to, I don't want to impose or, 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 you know, imply that my experience is anybody else's or anybody else's no. is mine but it happens more often than not that i hear people talk and i go i can relate to that yeah you know
0: how, how the, where the fuck else am i gonna go sit down <laughs> and have a juggalo make me cry
1: do you know what i'm saying <laughs> mm-hmm. like I have
0: a juggalo a dude straight up an icp shirt in his best basketball shorts
1: his best you know, basketball and, shorts
0: I, but what i'm saying is like someone i do not relate to at all is making me hot in my fucking face like i can mm-hmm. feel them like i want to get i'll get up and hug the juggalo i'll be like i'm down with your clown today sir because i know your shit like you fucking touched my heart man like and so that's the magic of it remember earlier when i was talking to you about it
1: and mm-hmm. i'm not sh-
0: like once again we have to tread very lightly as far as I feel like I have to tread very lightly yes. as far as 12-step is concerned because I do not endorse it in any way. There are other ways to do it. So I always have to put that preemptively out there. But I was telling you earlier before the podcast, I was like I sometimes I don't feel that that magic in there. And so some I don't go as much as I used to because I just don't feel like – I don't know. Like I just mm-hmm. don't feel it the way I used to. But now in talking about it, I'm like that's what it is. It's that re, – re, not only the relatability but – being in a group of people and they can teach you things. They can say things and you pick them up and you carry that one little phrase or that one technique of dealing with it with mm-hmm. you, you know? I yeah. think that was incredibly important. <clears throat> Other than like and then, you know, once you start getting into all the literature and the, all the all that shit, that's absolutely important as well. If if that's what's important to you, it was important mm-hmm. to me. But but the human aspect of it was incredibly important because i was not isolated i just realized we were like a little string of desert islands and we found a way of communicating through coconuts or whatever <laughs> you know and they threw it over to me and i'm like oh shit you got too many crabs yeah me yeah, too, me you too. Know? Like, yeah it's so i'm grateful for all that shit and i know that's the language of the 12 steps rooms but i'm fucking am super grateful for all that shit
1: i think yeah. it's i think that that's that i mean and, and i don't I would like to say that it's it's part of the human language to be grateful. I would like to yes, say that it's it not is, just right? this one particular now, you know, and to those listening, Jerry and I found it in a very particular way, but yes. I feel like it's a human thing to be grateful. Yes. It's a human thing to relate to people. It's a it's human behavior to
0: Absolutely.
1: to not want to feel isolated.
0: We want so, to chill in groups anyway. That's mm, like, mm-hmm. I mean, we want to get all Joe Rogan without all the weird right wing <laughs> shit, but like I get all Joe Rogan and here it is. Mm-hmm. He always talks about like that Dunbar effect and how we can only care about a hundred so people in our lives. Cause we like, we're like primates and we want to group up together. So why would I not want to group up with a bunch of people who, do you know what I mean? No, know, know exactly what, who, know what who, I'm made of.
1: Who share your same perspective.
0: Word. Bam. <laughs> back to the P again. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> so yeah, that's <clears throat> that's that's why I go, that's why I read. <clears throat> um, excuse me. That's why I read a lot of books about it that are both, you yeah. know, in the program and outside. Yeah. Um I am actually starting you've read This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. No. You haven't? I thought you uh, had. No, oh, okay. I
0: just recommended it to you. Oh okay. I've I've listened to her podcast and okay. I've had people online recommend it but i haven't ha- i don't even know if i have it
1: well i just picked it up and so i'm really excited to start it and so she her podcast is, is on, great
0: uh, on audible did you pick this up on audible
1: no i have it in my hand oh, so you physically uh, have it oh. yeah but anyway I
0: mean, audible yo sponsor us man we'll <laughs> listen to your books and everything man. We'll
1: i would love that i, I really do um i should reach out to them see what they're doing
0: say so, yo um, audible we're doing something important here
1: mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> so I think that I think that um yeah, her podcast is great. So check out Annie Grace. She has a lot of um valuable, uh, insightful information. She's got yeah. a great perspective on it. She doesn't necessarily prescribe to any particular program. She's very no. much sort of I don't wanna say she's against it, but she's not interested in in promoting in one any one particular program, but really just right. a better understanding of, of your brain and your alcoholic brain and
0: Yeah. It's like a resource for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like an uh, outside resource other than the path that maybe John and I take or any other people take. Sure. Know, this, there's, there are, this is a great time to get your shit together and get sober, I think. Because there are so many more fucking resources out there for you. There you Way go. more than like my dad who got sober in 1989. There wasn't even an internet. There was, but the Pentagon had it, and they were yes. doing all their weird fucking CIA drug rings and child trafficking. And anyway, that's for my other podcast. Yes, but, MK um, Ultra. Yeah, it's the name of my podcast, MK Ultra. <laughs> no, it's not. But anyway, you have all these resources at your hands now. I mean, you can. You don't have to go into AA. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mentioning the name of, but you don't have to go into these programs necessarily. Like you can find, or you can go into a twelve-step program, and just. Shore all those foundations up with everything else around you. You know,
1: it's a great time to get your shit together, Jerry. That's get
0: your shit together. You're gonna be okay. You're. It's gonna suck, but you're gonna be all right. Mm-hmm. And life will life will continue to suck in its own way, but it'll be palatable and manageable.
1: And it might even vote be me. tasty and might and might wonderful. Even, but
0: like I said, beyond palatable. Mm-hmm. Listen, vote me and John. Yes. For your homeowners association. <laughs> we'll fucking make things happen. We'll make it's, them happen.
1: It's a great time to gain some new perspectives.
0: Yes. Bam. I'm going now. Okay. Done. All right. Yeah, that's the mic drop right there. <laughs> Leave this in.
1: Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com.
0: And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at alcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah.